0: Welcome to Diving Into Crypto, Diving Into Crypto, a weekly series where thought leaders share insights, strategies, and insider stories about all things crypto and Web3, brought to you by AdLunum. Ladies and gentlemen, we have our speaker in the house. And once again, welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of Diving into Crypto, where we look at VCs as the full form of VC. Of course, most of us know as venture capitalists, but we're going to look at them as value creators. And we have, of course, uh, James from Viral Ventures, the CO, the COO, uh, to speak to us today. And before we, we get him on the stage, ladies and gentlemen, please remember views expressed on this program are for education purposes only. And those views and opinions belong to that of the speaker and the organization he represents. So without further ado, thank you everyone for being here on time. And uh, let's just do a quick test, right? So can we see uh, everybody who knows how to use the reaction buttons Give us a reaction before we begin, because you're going to hear a lot of interesting stuff during the show. James, thank you for being here once again. If you'd like, say hi to the audience, and then we can take this, get this show launched into the space that we share. All
1: right. Sure. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm CEO from Viral Ventures. Um, we are a mix of community and uh, private uh, community members and private investors. Yeah. really glad to be here. To share my knowledge with you.
2: Hi, James. This is Natya. I think I'm going to take over for Jervis uh, just a little bit until his connection is back online. Uh, so the topic today about you know value creation in the crypto and the Web3 space um, obviously is a very hot topic. Money flows so easily into this industry and around this industry. And I think as people who work in the industry, we are very well aware of the fact that value creation is so much more than just the funds that flow into a project. So I would love to know your thoughts on what is value creation really all about and how do VCs contribute to this type of value creation?
1: Sure, uh, that's a great uh, question, actually. So um, long story short, basically, I feel that the main value creation is all in the connections, right? It's actually not about like marketing and um marketing stuff creating banners and stuff like that so basically um the main value creation in my opinion is with um basically quality kols and marketing aspects right because sometimes i feel during early stages of vetting a project right if we have, if we have any value that we can advise on for example things like tokenomics design and what can be improved on Right. or any other specific regions that they want to target, um, marketing or curating a marketing marketing list of different uh, KOLs. Right. Um, from my experience in this space, I've seen way too many um, blind shots fired on the marketing side. Basically, there is no clear execution plans, um, or they they don't have like a, a perfect marketing plan where they want to target uh, regional uh, diff- uh, KOLs from different regions and different audiences, right? So most VCs also have different team members uh, specializing in different areas, like advisory roles. I'm pretty sure you heard of them, uh, heard of uh, the term advisory roles, right? So you'll be surprised to find some advisors who actually offer emotional support. So um, most often, however, they are hired and paid um, to bring real industry experience into the project. Right from um a project's inception uh to execution and all the way to the project success basically. So usually one or two advisors for the entire project is sufficient depending on scale. So usually if we see more advisors than actual developers, um those are a red for us. Right. Also I think um I need to point something important is that Value creation in this industry can be multi-pronged because there can be a um an arbitrary set of goals for a project at different times. So, uh, and so VCs will often uh, value add to utmost of their ability. For for example, um, if a company has started to mature or any value that increases the profit margin ratio, uh, will also considered will be also considered a value add. So for expiring startups that just concluded several rounds of fundraising, um, VCs will usually then adapt to the current project's strategy to add value as sort of like an advisory role, um, providing feedback, bringing them uh, connections, uh, etc. to kickstart the uh, development or marketing phases. So um, ultimately, my point is that there are... Do I say there's it? many different ways to value add to web3 startups and the resulting goal is the same, but it just comes in different flavors um I would just like to share one real life uh, example like um when we vet uh, one of the projects previously that we invested, we felt uh uh tokenomics uh, tokenomics is very uh important for example, if something it is actually something we often prioritize because most projects' market valuation is primarily based on the value of the token at any point in time, right? So you can think of it this way. In the Web2 space, we we call it the economics, right? And this is translated to tokenomics in Web3. So um, I would say tokenomics is sort of like an arbitrary science, but still important regardless. We have been in multiple meetings where we were presented with uh, tokenomics. Now, everything went super well, but then when they uh, present us with the tokenomics, it doesn't look too healthy in our opinion. So we basically try to value add uh, uh, from the early stage and suggest on ways to improve it, right? Because just a cliche example and not practical one um, is like to say it doesn't make sense if an angel's vesting period is significantly shorter than a private A round, isn't it, right? So designing tokenomics isn't an easy task. Um, so so this is usually when projects uh, tries to uh, gather information from multiple VCs because uh, they have more experience in this space, uh, evaluating and um, looking at tokenomics. Because it's you you can say, hey, I can design tokenomics, but actually it's not really that easy uh, when you have to look so deep into what it represents, basically. It could be like the entire company's vision, a proof of stake in a company. Um, or you can say it's like a governance token. And most importantly, its main utility, right? What drives this um, uh, main utility is also what a project aims to achieve, both uh, short-term and long-term, basically. And how this token can grow by managing supply and demand via uh, various mechanics, right? So, so all these are actually driven through and affected by the company's decision and roadmap, right? So this, um, when, when, when people say, hey, can you help us to value add? Um, this is just one of the examples that we provide uh, value add apart from curated marketing uh, execution, so um, yeah, so I also like to share like our thought process, like my team's thought process. When, um, sorry, I I have to say I have to focus a lot on tokenomics because this is one of the many things that we uh, uh, advise projects on, right? Um, is that if a project, uh, so one way we think of it when looking at tokenomics is that if a project hits maturity phase, right? This is just our thought process, right? And Bitcoin. Or Ethereum, let's say, drops by ten percent over a period of seven days, then do you think that the project's token will drop by more than ten percent? Basically, what I'm trying to say is, will it outdo the market or underperform? Right? Is the fully diluted uh, fully diluted value, uh, aka FdV, of the project at launch or TGE, as you're most familiar with, reasonable? with the service it provides in the long term. Yeah, so this is just one example. Um, we may not completely replace, us as VCs, we, we may not completely replace the role of an advisor in the in, in the project, but we sometimes also act like a part-time advisor. Yeah, so just other things that I, I personally do uh, when uh, doing my uh, career in this VC is basically since I specialize in web two hacking and marketing banner designs, I can also um, help value add to these projects as well.
0: Certainly. Okay. Uh, thanks. Thanks for that, James. I'm, you know, I, I, find it, I find it very curious that you are also, you're, you're also a hacker. Was, was that how you got gotten web three in the first place or, you know, what, what got you to it?
1: Uh, sorry, I couldn't hear you very well. Do you repeat your question? Sure, uh, what was what was your
0: entry into the Web3 space? what What got you there? You know, did a light bulb go off someplace and said, where, where it told you, "Hey, uh, this is the space that I want to be in."
1: Oh, uh, I'm so sorry, I couldn't catch your question here, kind of breaking off a little bit.: <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh,
0: let me try that again. Right. Okay. What got you into the Web three space? What, what was that moment for you where you said Web3 is where I want to be?
1: Ah, Okay, so this is a long story. So back in 2017, I bought my first Bitcoin <laughs> and I bought it just because everybody's just hyping it. Um, then from then on, I started uh yeah it's i basically started doing some uh trading where i made my first loss, <laughs> major loss and then i kind of i i kind of gave up because there's way too many uh, it's too complicated i feel in the web3 but then um i began to see some projects that have some very strong project um that are constantly building on ethereum and then um i felt like there was this very strong conviction in the developer space where they were discussing on how to develop a certain project built on Ethereum, right? So that is my first entry point um, into into Web three, basically. And from there, and from there, I can actually see how this project can actually um, change change people's life, basically. When when there's this integration of Web two and Web three, um, to further to further enhance people's life. Right, because in Web three you are focusing on identities, and in Web two, as as a hacker myself, I can see way too many in, insecure authorization and insecure authentication all over the place. But of course, that but of course, I mean Web three have its own security flaws. But I think it's uh, just two different things, and yeah, I believe I firmly believe in Web three. And all, after seeing all the technologies that can be built on layer one, layer two, it makes me all the more confident in the future of Web three.
0: Okay so in in your opinion web 3 is is obviously going to be more secure than you know web 2 because you you're seeing it from from your enthusiasm point of view so you obviously have an in depth point of view into that is is that uh, something we can take away web 3 being more secure um, um
1: i wouldn't say web 3 being more secure because um, as a web 2 hacker right, i can anything that is built by human is hackable at some point is how you implement the security measures right in web2 we have web applications mobile app and then you have server side validations and stuff but in web in web3 how you actually secure the the overall web3 uh, ecosystem is basically the usage of smart contracts so smart contracts are very important right so as you can see most hacks happen when there is hacks on or there's a loophole in smart contract. So this is why auditing is very important. And also, um, the weakest link is always human. In Web2, you can you can basically fish people or do social engineering, right? You can trick someone to give up your password and your OTP, right? But in Web3, you can trick someone to give up their seed phrase. So a, human is always the weakest link. So Education in Web3 is very important to drive um, uh, global adoption. Uh, without doubt, that's, that's
0: almost scary. And, uh, you know, uh, when, when you put it, put it across like that, but it's, it's also at the same time something important for all of us to take away when it comes to security because we are so vulnerable if we don't put measures in place.
1: Yes, yes, 100% agree. Okay,
0: fantastic. All right. So, James, my next question to you is uh, coming back to to viral ventures, um, you know, and and value creation in in this particular space Is is there a philosophy for choosing the the invest your investment right uh, into uh, projects and, you know, the, the types of projects? Could you shed some light on what is the philosophy you'll follow?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so we have a, this is a very important part of our process, um, which is vetting and doing our due diligence when deciding on an investment. Right. So the overall philosophy um, is basically, we, whenever we have a potential project that we are interested to invest in, um, basically we have to eliminate as much information as possible, right? Because information is gold in, in this space. Right, whether you want to find out their their red flags or what's their vision, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right, so um, when the project passes the initial vetting with all the prior research we did previously, then we will definitely want to get a call with the team members, right, especially the CEO or the co uh, or the founders. Um, so this is the important point here because we want to see the ability of the CEO or co-founders to actually be able. To sell their vision and project to us, right? Why this is important? Because they are the brains of the company, right? They are the head. So, so they're supposed to drive the project from the very top, right? If a if a CEO cannot convince us over the call, or can, or he or he cannot sell his vision to us, then I, I don't I don't believe anyone else can, right? So the current trend of the crypto industry is also. Um, how do I say it is one of the one of the factors that we consciously look into, like in uh, last year in twenty twenty one, projects focusing on delivering new protocols are looking to develop proof of stake, because everyone on Twitter is basically saying how environmentally friendly it was, and there's this um I don't know which which president tweeted say uh, complaining about environmental issues and stuff like that, which adds, right. uh, adds oil to the fire, right? And also, um, then there was this uh, metaverse trend, I think supposedly started when Facebook rebranded to meta, that, which then resulted in a whole new wave of new gaming projects, both good and bad. I mean, uh, most of them aren't that great, to be honest. Um, but, but the minority is really, really good. So bringing back myself to my earlier point, although I only gave two examples, but, but all these factors are, are just, I think, the most most important when evaluating a project. And, uh, oh, I forgot one thing. Also, the unique selling point of a project. Um, unique selling point is very important to us because this market is so, ever so saturated with projects constantly coming, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, these these are three examples of um, the, you know, the, the process that we go through when choosing investment venues, right? Um, yeah, so 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 then we will have like a meetings with um, team meetings to discuss before reaching a co- common consensus to invest or not. Yeah, these agreements happen. Uh, we have constructive debates. Then right. once we have a common consensus, then we will decide on investing in a project. Yeah, that's about it. That, that's
0: excellent James because uh, I, I like the honesty of, uh, of that answer where you where you tell us that you know yes I mean it's not every time that everybody in the team is going to be on the same page you, you can still debate it and and that really just shows shows all of us over here how strong
1: a team that vital ventures is. so, so thank you for that honest answer. Thank you. Yeah, these agreements often happen, but I see those as a uh, constructive debate. It makes us stronger as a team um, to brainstorm whether an investment is a uh, is a good choice or not. Yeah, thanks, Jervis. Sure. Okay. All right. So
0: that that being said, that being said, James, I, I you know, we we always come across um, the fact that the as you said, the CEO has to sell their vision when it comes to when it comes to the to investing right At the same time, there's also a community that needs to be built around the project also a community that needs to be built, that is loyal to the project that likes what it's happening, what it's offering. Uh, now it may be a metric. it may not be a metric, but I want to get your point of view on how important do you think that a community is? at a project and you can you can tell us about that you know the stages with pre-investment and then going up what are are some of the insights you can share on that james
1: yeah sure um yes i would say community is definitely important um because they are ultimately the ones who will be the users of your platform right or whatever services that 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 you are going to build right um you can think of uh, uh you can think of it this way all right, like they are your customers, so regardless of what project or services or what whatever platform you are offering, a project will be nothing without a community right so um an analogy is like you own a store, but no one comes and buys things from you then then it's just a store right that there, there there will be no demand right so um. We are a uh, like like us. We ha- we are partially community VC, and we have our uh, partial private investors, right? So even we have communities, right? We are not like a, a service provider, but well, we are a VC. But we have communities, right? We do the research and we provide them a chance to enter see the private rounds, and then we ourselves invest a chunk of allocation, right? Then in return, our most loyal community members, who they will be able to share. Um, important information like deal flows or other market opinions which makes the, which makes the entire interaction a lot more interesting right? so yes, a community to a project is paramount but I think um, what really makes it uh, is that whatever a project provides um, either be like a service or utility or even a metaverse game uh, let's say it has to be a win-win or um, or perceived as such, right? A, a lot of projects out there are always, um, you know, letting letting the user perceive things, you know, either through a play of their words. I'm I'm not going to say that's a good uh, that's a good interaction, but uh, that is a kind of like a psychological marketing strategy. It's not wrong uh, as long as they execute it correctly, right? So for a game, it has to be fun. Right and and they have to say and and the right way is to say hey pay to a uh, play to earn is a bonus, right? But most games say hey you you play this game you earn one million dollars a day or something like that. Yeah, that's just an exaggeration. By the way, for yeah, so for a service it has to solve like a current market problem in a practical way, right? So that there are yeah there are things to basically um hype, hype a community up, right? Um it's like an exchange of goods, a similar concept. Um let's say I want to buy a bottle of beer from you and I determine the price is right. So both right. wins, right? So it's a win win. Yeah. Right. So you get a profit margin from selling the beer and I happen to be craving for beer, right? No one loses yeah. here. Right. This is right. what builds community. Right. This may mm. I, I feel this may seem abstract for a project. But most projects that wasn't successful always prefer to use hype and over promises right so once right. this hype dies down uh i combined, uh, combined with a lack of continued motivation in execution uh this will lead to like a delayed roadmap and most importantly, like bringing back to the point well as to what I'm saying is that it will decrease community's confidence right so this is where to start where they start to lose um their community right and also um, from my experience in this space even though a project is very strong they have a lot of back-end work developers working 24 hours a a day um, but they lack transparent communication yeah so so yeah and then they lose community as well so yes community is important but what really makes it is all these factors right frequent communication and updates to the community actually just shows that there's progress in the project, right? You keep the confidence at a certain part, right? In this market where it's overly saturated with projects, the community you build up ever so hard will be very easily uh, distracted, right? If If you don't communicate, they might just move somewhere else, right? So ultimately, yes, community is important, but I think the execution of the project, communication as well is I think it's what makes or break a project. Yeah. Um, Now, I think Jervis is experiencing connectivity problems again.
2: I was about to unmute. (laughs) So I just want to sort of build on the previous question. Um, I mean, first of all, yeah, thank you very much for your insights about uh, what makes a community and also definitely this differentiation between how hyped-driven, you know, the concept of community is, but really that community is all about this relationship between a project and its audience. And it's not really an audience even, because I think in Web3, there's this co-creation that takes place. So it's not as if the project only kind of shares with the community what's happening, but it's this process where the community also shapes what the project is doing because they have this input. So I think you really encapsulated the importance of this relationship between these two groups. Uh, So I want to build on this question. Um, You have, you guys have invested in a bunch of different projects and worked with a lot of different projects. So can you tell a bit of some of the success stories? I mean, you named or unnamed uh, just give us a bit of an idea of really some of these projects that you've worked with that, you know, has taken off, has gone to the have gone to the moon. Um, what are some of the general sort of characteristics? I know it's, you know, very specific to a market and also to a specific type of project, but generally speaking, what makes a successful project uh, as you've experienced with the projects that you have worked with?
1: All right. Yeah, so um, we only incepted last year, November, uh, actually at almost the market peak, right? So we... The projects that we have invested, uh, uh, it's too short of a period to tell yet, right? So we do not have projects that have taken off to the moon because the market was all downhill from there. But I would like to put into a spotlight one project. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't think I would name it, but yeah, there's this one gaming project. Um, where where they have really really strong marketing plans, and we worked with them to basically. Um, execute the marketing plan. So they have this Excel sheet um, where they have like a two-month-long execution and marketing plan, right? So every day, there's something going on leading up to the TGE. So I feel that um, the fact that they have planned, that means they have planned to, to succeed in this aspect, right? So um, upon TGE, uh, all of us work together with the marketing roadmap. And upon TGE, it, it was already 10 times in value. Uh, from the sale so um, this is a uh, pretty powerful whereby we feel that when when a project and the vcs stick to the timeline and deliver um, campaign a day by day um, it's going to be have a very uh, rippling it's like a rippling effect uh, to the market right so then um, how do we uh, maybe to the moon is not very, how do I say, it's very feasible in the bear market because um, liquidity dies down, investors are scared to invest, so they they don't pump in liquidity into additional projects for those that have already TGE, right? So, um, we have, uh, so most of the projects we invested has already gone down, but we have conviction that they will rise to allocation once again, right? Because Usually, uh, when we invest in projects, we have very close communication with the project owners, the developers and stuff. So we often interact and know what they are working on, right? Um, but then uh, most of the community will then, they don't know the technical details. So they will kind of uh, ask, like, what's happening with the project? Then they will start to FUD and, and things like that. So so often, often that not, we will try to, let them know uh, the things that we can say and what we cannot say. So, even though the token uh, the tokens went down in this bear market, but we ultimately we have conviction uh, with the project they are working with because they are these these are long term projects basically, and we believe in them. So, yeah, not much of a success story. Uh, except that there's one token that ten times on launch. <laughs> yeah, that that's basically it. We are all holding holding our thought uh, with the projects uh, during this time. So it's all good.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think during the bear market, you are lucky if you even have long-term travel or even just traveling to a different continent or a different country, never mind going to the moon. So for sure, uh, exactly as you say, uh, patience is required at this time. Uh, But I think in terms of uh, the project that you mentioned. I wonder how many of us are now sitting here wondering if it's the same project that we think of because there have definitely been a few stars, at least during the early stages of um, of the beginning of this market. So I'm curious as well, uh, some of the projects, maybe this particular market uh, might be the cause of this or maybe it's more of you know a general sort of sense. Have there been projects that, despite your best efforts despite their best efforts things simply didn't take off for whatever reason and why would you think why would you say that is
1: all right yeah um for for confidentiality reason i wouldn't uh, disclose the project as well but uh, to 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 me uh, to our team basically it's really a pity because um when we first started we had some bad decisions on investing in certain projects right but in retrospect after how much we've grown we would not have rather invested in right so one of the really good example of a project that despite our best efforts uh, did not take off is um, when we we actually we are actually really close with the founders we did AMA with them we found out what they're doing Um, basically really had close relationships but what is a pity about this project is basically when they hired only one one blockchain developer who has full control of the smart contract Right. So as uh, as I said, humans is always the weakest link, and and Web three security is something, uh, is something that you have to think, uh, as a founder, right. So back then we didn't realize that they only have one developer uh, managing the smart contract. So eventually he he went broke and siphoned off the funds, and this project have to have to die down. So a lot of people lost a lot of money, and and I think the founders um. They weren't very responsible, and they basically disappear off as well. So there, we we went deep on research. We tried to find the founders again. We even did a Im- image search. We had like a VC's with a close group where all the uh, founders who actually lost money uh, gather up and try to, um, you know, bring 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 the developer to justice. But unfortunately, it wasn't it wasn't a, it wasn't successful, right? So it was actually a painful lesson learned. Which keeps us stronger in this bear market, right? We are now stricter in more. We are more strict in our investment criteria, and only looking for longer term projects. So, so what is important is basically right now when we vet the team, right? We vet the entire team uh, to ensure the execution. There won't be any any potential weakest link or reducing the impact of um, weakest link in human, right? So every time. When we get on a call, we advise projects on the security principle of duty segregation, right? Where any single point of time, a developer shouldn't have full control on a smart contract. However you implement it, I don't really care. But as long as, I mean, you can implement it uh, on, on the interface, you can implement it in the smart contract, it's up to you, right? As long as if a developer wants to withdraw funds and not another person will have to agree to it, in smart contract in, in a simpler terms it's like a Noxic safe or, or a wallet or a contract whereby you need two or more um, person's permission in order to withdraw the funds all built into the smart contract yeah so I think this by far the, the one of the saddest things that happened like to me <laughs> to our team basically and there's another project that uh, didn't went well. Uh, despite what we did, it's basically um, the direction was wrong, and and they did not want to pivot, right? So um, it's ultimately all on the team's decision because we we can advise, but we can we cannot help them change the decision or make certain decisions that they already made. So um, I think stubborn is the cause of um, why this project went down. So, yeah, I think <laughs> that's that's about it from me.
2: Yeah, I think these uh, expensive lessons that we learn, all of us learn in this industry, um, they really feel very painful. But at the same time, it's almost like school fees that you pay in order to get your education as a, whether it's a retail investor or it's a, as a VC Uh, So I want to kind of tail end on the idea of doing due diligence uh, on projects. Uh, What is your particular research approach? You've mentioned earlier that, you know, you have certain key elements that you look for, for example, when you speak to founders and you make sure that they are able to really translate this vision that they have uh, on the call. What are some of the research tools that Viral Ventures uses or what is the key things that you look for? And also, adding on to that, uh, for retail investors, what would you recommend would be the number one sort of thing that people look for when they do due diligence on projects that they are interested in investing in?
1: Ah, uh, yes. Um, all right. So, so actually, we do not have a paid tool that we use for research. Um, many of the alpha informations or information or early startups are shared among our closest connections. So um, what I would advise is uh, connections. If you have connections, try to leverage on it. Because, um, I mean, okay. So to put this long story short, right? Basically, if you don't want to spend um, on tools, leverage on connections. If you have money, just go buy a tool like page book. <laughs> so, so basically, or you can use both. So we have a team who mainly focus on acquiring information on the latest um, crypto startup. And if they pass our initial vetting, we will proceed to set up a call with them to understand things like technical details, uh, vision and the product they're going to build. I, I cannot emphasize how important connections are in this space because they, are really, they really are our main source of early deals. Right. So initially, we were looking to use PitchBook as a main research tool. Um, they have vast amounts of well research data and are really useful to source for potential limited partners, look for new startups, or even see what people are investing into, which are usually not accessible to the public. So so, we, so I was discussing with my team and then we found that it's way too expensive for like a smaller startups like us who do not really need this much data, right? So at this point in time, what we actually need is actually crypto expertise, which we already have. And we are able to spot the fluid market trends, right? We do not need like a pay to, we do not need to, you know, spend liquidity. Uh, on a paid tool which we do not currently need at this point in time it's gonna be it's gonna cost us opportunity right uh, opportunity cost uh, in short so this skill set is particularly important for example we have identified one of the factors which will enable a company's success uh, for example an integration between web two and web three technologies right this kind of thing you cannot um extra- extract from Pure data alone. Um, what is what is how how you actually analyze the data is more important, right? But why do we need to pay to when you can actually have your own? Uh, you, you can have you can leverage on your own connections to um, piece out puzzle of the current market trend, the current market, and things like that, right? So a lot uh, a lot of you may have heard of. Like everyone shouting or posting on Twitter saying, hey, you're still early in Web3. I mean, yes, that's true. But I think most of us are intentionally led by this sentence, right? Like, yes, I can give you a data. I say, yes, you're yeah, early in Web3. But do you know how to use this information is a key, right? While this sentence is correct, is correct. it's misleading if you misunderstood it, right? So a uh, research uh, conducted by by AAA, um, they have plotted and estimate global crypto adoption at three hundred million users, or just under four percent of the worldwide population, right? And it's growing constantly. So, how you link information is important as well, right? So, what I personally feel from the experience in the space is that, um, um, earlier when I said that. How how you're going to use the data? So if you're early in the Web three, uh, Web three space, what we what we basically analyze from this is that we are actually, in fact, early in the Web two integration into the Web three in- ecosystem, right? This is what we identified from the trend from our experience, basically. So these two should not grow in silo, but instead merge and grow together, right? Just to give you an example, it's like a startup that builds smart contract templates that serve as a middleware to enable Web2 companies with zero blockchain experience or expertise to hop onto the Web3 ecosystem, right? If we have any companies coming to us and say, hey, invest in us, we will will definitely consider that because it's Web2 to Web3 integration, right? Web3 alone cannot survive without Web2. There's always some sort of integration in between. So imagine the business efficiency in combining the web three smart contract middleware with the web two based services to enable industries like real estate or healthcare. Imagine how big that can grow. Right? So many people many people just say, Hey, hey, come and buy my coin. You're early in Web3. <laughs> They're trying to mislead you. Don't don't believe them. Right. Just believe in those just, just try to analyze the data and and form your own opinions. Uh, based on your own experience and discuss with people that you trust. Right. Yeah, yeah. So so that's about it. I'm sorry I digress a little bit, but but yeah, that's my that's my thought process basically for your question.
2: No, James, I think that was not at all you digressing. That was a brilliant answer because ultimately there is such a misconception in the space, exactly as you say. Okay, there's this new bandwagon that everyone needs to jump on. And if you are, I don't know, one of the first 10 people, you're going to make it rich and you're going to go all the way to the moon. But really, so much of what's happening in the industry can be logicked out. So if you really think about, you know, what is the utility of this project uh, and realizing that there isn't this bridge from the Web2 world that we are all existing in to Web3, then it's probably not going to take off, even if it is a brilliant idea, but the time is just not right. So I think, you know, your answer really said it best. Uh, You don't need fancy tools and you don't need a lot of, you know, sort of board data analytics and that kind of thing. Ultimately, if you look at how things are playing out, it's easy to see that certain projects have utility now and others are Really just a fantastic idea, but maybe 10 years too early. And I also really love what you said about the community um, because we tend to, you know, have this really sort of bad idea of it's, you know, it's not, who you, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And if you're not part of this sort of in club, you know, the boys club and the sort of insider group, then that means you're going to miss out on a lot of what's happening. But I think, you know, many people's experience in the web three space is because the community is such a welcoming place. It's actually really easy to make those connections or at least easier than in other industries uh, where things happen more in silo and there's more glass ceilings. So for sure, I think this is a friendlier industry in which to make connections. Um, So yeah, that is, I think the end of our show today. Uh, I just have a few questions from the audience so i'm going to just remind everyone if you would like to ask a question you can either uh, request to be a speaker or you can inbox the question to the Adlunum twitter handle so i have one already that i'm going to read out that was inboxed uh is viral ventures still investing in projects and what type of project projects are you considering
1: Yes. uh, We are still investing in projects. Um, We are currently. We don't have a specific category on what kind of projects or what genre uh, that we're going to invest in. What's important is the project itself, right? So earlier when I said uh, we look at the unique selling point, the vision, uh, and when we speak to the CEO, how how he's able to sell us his um, product and vision, um, it's it's very important. Also, a healthy tokenomics. And what the project is trying to achieve, um, we we wouldn't like to invest in a project that is like a copy of another project that's already having a strong existing user base. yeah, so so yeah, we are still investing in projects, but we are very uh we are more uh, stricter in our, vet, uh, in our vetting uh, during this time.
2: And I think that's probably also one of those really great things that is helping the industry to become more, let's say, sophisticated and less uh, just all about the hype are these times when people do become more discerning. So I have a really interesting question for the next one. What should projects look for in good VCs?
1: All right. So um, I think this is going to be a long and complicated uh, topic, but I'll try to make it short. Right. So there there are a lot of um, complaints or shout-outs about VCs whereby they were saying about the risks um, of VCs for crypto community, right? So there's a lot of com- I'm just trying to be honest here. So there's a lot of competing interest and agendas, right? For example, token sales for Web3 startups can be like a I don't know, can be for a cult leader, founder, plus a bunch of VCs and then subsequently hyped up by like a group of discord dwelling people so uh how do how do how do people or how do the founding teams of each project uh achieve the balance between the needs and wants of the vcs and what's best for the community right so how do you look out for good VCs? basically there is no uh quick and fast way to look at a vcs because when i actually started out the vc um I want it to be like the, for for the community, for the community to be able to invest in private and seed rounds, right? But as for big VCs, I wish, sometimes I wish there will be like a chart to rank VCs on whether they're in for a quick flip, down on their communities and stuff like that. So so how do you look out for VCs basically look into what the leaders are doing? For example, the... Uh, I, for example, the recent lunar crash. You can you can basically see what they are doing with their money, right? Uh, what what they are doing with, pe- uh, people's investment. So these are all brought to light. But if you were if lunar crash, w- uh, didn't happen, you wouldn't know because all these are back end. So how how do you get to know whether a VC is good or not? Engage with them. Uh, track their wallet. I mean, that, that's not an easy way to do, but there's always a way to have like generate a bubble map of the VC's wallet and stuff like that. So there's really no hard and fast rule on how do you determine whether it's a VC. Just look at their normal and, and usual way of operations and try to track them with any connections you have.
2: Brilliant. Thanks, James. And I just want to add on here, um, at Lunam has been working with Viral Ventures, and we can definitely say that we are very, very happy working with you guys. You are surely one of those VCs that have a lot of value uh, add, and really just you know bring a lot of positivity to projects. So thank you for this. Thank you for the way that you show up in the industry, and also thank you for your thoughts and your insights today. It has been very illuminating, and it's you know absolutely great hearing. About these sort of insider goings on from the straight from the horse's mouth, um, I think that you've given a lot of uh, eye-opening information to people who might not understand the ins and outs of the VC industry. So, thank you again for your time today, and I think the audience really had a great time. I see a lot of people have tuned in. Um, so, yeah, with that. Happy to have spoken to you. Sorry that has had some uh, connectivity issues. There's a storm brewing where he is in the world, so at least he's going to get some nice rain, but it does mean that you had to put up with me. So with that, James, yeah, thank you so much. Have a lovely day wherever you are in the world, and we shall connect again soon.
1: Sure. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Naja. Bye-bye.
2: Chines, guys. Have a great day, everyone.
0: Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Diving Into Crypto, proudly hosted by Ad Lunum, the first engaged to earn platform with a proof of attention model and dynamic NFT investor profiles.